the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Five oh seven straight up on this Friday, January nineteenth, two thousand twenty-four. I'm Dave Congleton. I repeat the news that I announced at three oh five. Sadly, our dear friend, uh, the late great Tom Matson, passed away earlier today at the age of ninety-two. We will certainly carve out a considerable portion of the show on Monday to talk about Tom and what he meant to us. On this broadcast, in about an hour, we will hear from uh, Mayor Erica Stewart. Uh, this hour. We turn the attention over to Cal Poly, where it's not just at Cal Poly, but at CSUs across the state, faculty are going on strike. And I am told that this is the largest strike in the history of the CSU. What the heck is going on? We've got members of the California Faculty Association, San Luis Obispo chapter here, which means we're in conversation with Cameron Jones and Lisa Calramora. Hi, folks. Nice to see you both. Thanks for coming in. Cameron, flesh out your your background, please. Who are you? Uh, What do you teach? I teach history at Cal Poly. I'm a lecturer in the history department. This is my 10th year um, teaching at Cal Poly. All right. Lisa? I am a 26-year lecturer, temporary status in the Department of Communication Studies, and I also serve, have been elected by the faculty at San Luis Obispo as their chapter president for the union. All right, so Lisa, take a minute and sketch it out. Let's start with what is going to happen next week. Hopefully not very much in the classroom. Okay. Uh, All 23 campuses have decided to go on strike for better working conditions and better learning conditions for the students. Um, We hope to shut the system down by having as uh, all faculty out on the picket line until we get a fair contract. So no classes whatsoever at any CSU? That is our hope. I know that there are some people who are choosing to teach their classes, but the majority of folks that I've talked to said that they will be out on the picket line, and this is members and non-members. All right, but this is just faculty. It's not staff? That is correct. Staff are on the... Uh, student workers and staff and other units are in different unions. However, we do know that the Teamsters, uh, Local 2010, will be out on the picket line with us as well. They are bargaining over similar issues. And at the end of five days, if you don't get what you want, what happens then? We're not sure yet, but uh, we may declare a second strike. We may uh, see what happens if someone decides to interfere and make both parties come back and and talk. And who exactly are you negotiating with? It's not Cal Poly. No, it's uh, the chancellor's office. So Dr. Mildred Garcia, our first million dollar president, our chancellor, is uh, in charge of the whole thing. And she has a team who's been negotiating well, coming to the table. On is her she behalf. new? Has she been around for a while? Uh, she just started. Oh, so a few she's new. Ago. Hmm. All right, so Cameron, what's going on here? What is prompting so many faculty members to go on strike next week? Um, I mean, historically low pay as compared to the cost of living in most of the areas where we have the CSU. Um, especially in the last few years, we've had a lot of inflation. 
Um, so uh, last time I got a raise was two years ago, and uh, we've experienced um, you know fourteen percent inflation. And so we're asking for one of the things we're asking for is a twelve percent raise. So we're you know compared to the amount of inflation we thought was rel- relatively moderate. Um, there's also some other issues that have been lingering in, in the Cal Poly system or in the sorry the CSU system. Um, one of the things we're asking for is uh, a full semester of parental leave, uh, because currently now it's eight weeks that we get parental leave. And in the UC system, all the professors get you know uh, a full semester of parental leave. So we're just asking basically for the same thing the UC system is. Um, we're also looking a lot at um, oh sorry, parental leave is currently thirty days, um, so it's shorter than than eight weeks. Yeah. Um, we're also um, looking to raise the pay for the lowest paid professors. Um, most professors in the CSU system, about 70 percent, are, are what we call lecturers or adjunct professors. Um, they have very precarious uh, job situations. They can be let go at any moment. Um, they, you know, they don't have the, the, the privilege of tenure. Um, at Cal Poly, it's a little less. Uh, as a head count, it's about 50 percent. But of course, lecturers teach more classes as part of their job duties than tenure track or tenured professors. And so more than 50%, um, somewhere on 65% of classes are actually taught by lecturers. So uh, the the people doing the most teaching, which is you know the goal of what we do at a university, are being paid the least. And so we're hoping to raise the floor for those people. Um, is there a radical well. difference between CSU and U- UC? terms of salaries and uh, yes the UC uh, system makes quite a bit more money which is why they're not going out on strike you uh, see graduate students make more than our lowest paid lecturers just <laughs> FYI yeah mm. so their graduate students make more than our our lowest paid lecturers mm. how have the negotiations been going Lisa probably not well since you're going to go out on strike well if you can call them negotiations uh, you know this was one of those speech and debate events that I'm not sure if you competed in Dave but yeah. I certainly did and you know, that you learn how to give and take and give and take and take and give and take and give. And every time we've come to the table, uh, we've been met with a lot of no, 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 no. Even the things that cost very little or no money, the chancellor's office has said no. Um, And in my personal opinion, I believe that that's not bargaining in good faith. We came to our last bargaining meeting and they left the room without addressing our counter proposals after 21 minutes and then impose their 5% and nothing else. Mm. Uh, is this open to mediation? We already went through mediation, and that ended on the earlier side because the mediator realized that no one was going to move. So everybody's entrenched. Yeah. Mm. So what's accomplished? Lisa, let me start with you. What's accomplished by having a strike? Hopefully getting to what it is that we all need to continue the people's university, the CSU system and teaching students and having quality education. Right now we're facing things like uh, professors having to move. Uh, We're losing professors, you know, every year because they can't afford to live here on their salaries. We're losing people because, uh, you know, they they we're becoming a a more um, progressive world where we have gender neutral or, you know, different genders of people and can't accommodate them. People, you know, can get better parental leave in other countries even. But do you think all that's going to change because you're going on strike? 
That when when, pe- to, when, when yeah, the, when the chancellor to. sees what happens when classes aren't held and students aren't going to be happy and parents are going to be happy, it's kind of like you're trying to force their hand, which is certainly legitimate. Yeah, I mean, the point of a strike is to make sure it's felt. And so if people are teaching online or people are, you know, holding their classes, it's, there's no point to it. But, you know, we've talked to a good amount of people in the last several weeks, uh, even last quarter, trying to get them ready for this to say, you, we need to feel it. And the students that I've talked to have been great. They are supportive. They're angry. They know that they deserve better. And all this on top of a 6% increase that the CSU has put on them for the next five years. Cameron, what do you see coming out of the strike next week? Um, you know, we this is the first time that we're going on strike all 23 campuses. Um, and it's actually, it, I've been told, it's the largest strike in higher education history in the United States. Hmm. Uh, so... Um, over the last few cycles, we've gotten very close to going on strike several times, and um, the CSU has pretty much capitulated to uh, our, our demands during those dif- during those cycles of negotiation. Um, but we've never gotten to the point of all going on strike, and so uh, this I'm hoping this unprecedented event, right? Uh, it's it's affecting 400,000 students in the state of California. Um, will hopefully get them to realize how upset the the CSU um, uh, professors, lecturers, uh, we also represent librarians and coaches and uh, counselors are at the way we've been treated in terms of compensation, in terms of parental leave, in terms of uh, of uh, workload. Um, you know, we, we do a lot to to help um, our students that is uncompensated. And we love doing it, and we love serving the students. But at a certain point, we have to pay our bills. We have to provide for our own children at home. And so we, in order to continue to do this, we, we really need to uh, improve our own conditions in terms of, of, of uh, salary and as well as uh, working conditions uh, there at the CSU. All right. We're chatting with members of the California Faculty Association, San Luis Obispo Chapter. Uh, Cal Poly professors Cameron Jones and Lisa Karamura. I'm Dave Congleton. We'll pick up the conversation as CSU faculty get ready to go out on strike. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Friday. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Please stay with us because we have a very important and timely conversation going on here. We've got members of the California Faculty Association, the local chapter. We've got Cameron Jones here, Lisa Kaur-Murrer here, explaining why the faculty are going out on strike. On the Stolberg text line, what does the average Cal Poly parent make? I heard it's less than the average faculty. We have no idea. You've stumped the panel. It's a it's a huge uh, range of that, but you know, looking at the people who teach the classes, uh, most of the the majority of the classes, um, many many of our lowest paid faculty make less than uh, UC graduate students or K through twelve uh, teachers or uh, preschool teachers in the state of California. Hmm. So why won't uh, Sacramento? Why won't the chancellor's office bargain with you? What is the reasoning they're using? to keep from honoring these requests you have? Um, they, 
continually cite uh, uh, budgetary issues. They, they say that they don't have enough money. Um, this is quite surprising to us. Uh, as part of our, I think, our due diligence as a, as a union, we actually hired a, a forensic accountant to look at publicly held records to see how much money they have. Uh, it was Howard Bunsen. He's a well-known forensic accountant in higher education. Um, and he showed that cash on hand in reserves, they have about $2.5 billion. And um, uh, they also, on top of that, have in the stock market $8.6 billion dollars. Uh, invested, so this is money that they've actually built up since 2010, since the the last financial crisis, and they were able to have these uh, surpluses because of the low pay, relative low pay they've been playing professors. So, how much does all this cost? All that you're asking for? So, uh, the total amount would be th- about 380 million, but it would be 220 million more than they've already said that they would they would give us. So. Uh, about two hundred twenty million dollars more than they've they've already promised. Is that per year? That would be per year. Okay. Um, but the last few years they've had pretty large surpluses uh, at the end of the year. So last year it was uh, it was about a two billion dollar surplus. So what do you think about this, Lisa? Well, I think it's absolutely absurd that they are trying to increase our students' um, tuition by two uh, by six percent for the next five years for an overall thirty four percent, and. Um, that's really disappointing that they're trying to say that they don't have the money. Um, it's a complete lie. The money is there um, because they don't want to pay penalties because of what they've done with our money um, isn't isn't really my problem. And they keep saying it's a rainy day fund. Well, hello, folks. It's not raining. It's storming. It's a tsunami out there. Hmm. And to ask the students to pay more for their education when they don't need to, I think, is absolutely not okay. So what happens? What are we risking here if you don't get what you're looking for? Cameron, let me come to you, please. Are we talking about faculty will leave and move outside the state? Uh, Yeah. I mean, especially in kind of, I would say, majors that are key to Cal Poly's mission, uh, they already have problems recruiting and retaining faculty members. Um, I, I'm in the history department, but I work a lot with the computer science department. Um, and in computer science, they, they're, they're trying to increase the number of faculty members to, to bring in more students, but they, they struggle. Every year they do multiple job searches and they're unable to fill all the positions that are being offered out there. Uh, so this year, for example, they're hiring six new professors, and many of my colleagues over there would be—they say they'll be surprised if we get half as many as we're trying to hire. So um, this could be very difficult for the long-term um, uh, prospects of, of of majors that are kind of Cal Poly's niche, right? We do polytechnic, we do these yeah. technical majors, and if we can't retain, pay enough, and retain these um, professors, it's going to be problems long-term for for us. What are your concerns, Lisa? But what might happen? Well, I think it means that, you know, the People's University is no longer going to exist. It's going to exist for only those that can afford it. And more and more, we're having more uh, out-of-state students and more students who are um, coming from international countries. And, you know, we're supposed to be the people who are educating the people in our backyard. And we're not able to do that. On the Stolberg text line question, can students help picket? And do students need to report to cancel classes? Absolutely, they can come out and pick it with us. We'd love for them to come out and pick it with us. Uh, we'd ask that you go to calfac.org and uh, register so that we know you're coming. And, um, you know, if, if students can, um, if students, professors are holding classes and 
they're not honoring the picket line. We don't want our students to get in trouble, but we've also drafted some uh, rhetoric that talks about why this is important and if students feel they need to be out with this, we hope that their professors understand. Is there a place where people can go online and find out more information about all these issues? Absolutely. Calfac, C-A-L-F-A-C dot org. Calfac dot org. What has uh, the Chancellor's Office been like historically in terms of negotiations? Historically, they've been not bad because we've been able to avert every strike that we've, you know, uh, almost gone on. Uh, I have not seen a chancellor's office uh, this stubborn to think about faculty and the long term uh, benefits of our system. So where is John Laird and Don Addis on this, our representatives in Sacramento? Um, so uh, both of them are, are actually quite supportive of a uh, fair contract for faculty. Uh, Don Addis was actually signatory to a letter from uh, uh, many politicians, uh, many of the state politicians to the, the CSU chancellor asking her to, to uh, uh, negotiate in good faith and to um, find a fair contract for us. Uh, John Laird, who I, we've met with multiple times, is also a, a, a great advocate for us, especially as he sits on um, the budget committee. So he he's he's actually there showing that, you know, the CSU needs more money and uh, more support. I would think that somebody like John Laird could pick up the phone and call the chancellor and say, hey, knock it off. So uh, <laughs> there are actually many politicians calling the chancellor's office. I've actually heard uh, that the chancellor is actually refusing phone calls from some of our elected officials uh, because she just doesn't want to hear from them. Uh, so I don't know if it, it, I don't know about Addison Laird, but uh, that's what I've heard from from uh, our, our our sources. So hmm, yeah. well, it sounds like she's brand new, Lisa. And- She's being tested here. Absolutely, she is. She's also our highest paid chancellor uh, in, in the history of the CSU. You said she's a million dollar chancellor? She's a million dollars. Her package is a million dollars. Yeah. And, and, and this brings up an interesting point. Management has been paying themselves higher and higher raises. Last year, the average raise for the CSU presidents was uh, 29%. What's Armstrong make these days? <sighs> Half half a million, so five hundred thousand. He got a sixty thousand dollar raise last year, um, which is more than many of our lecturers make in a year. Hmm. All right, let's pause here. We're talking with our friends from the California Faculty Association, San Luis Obispo chapter. They both teach at Cal Poly. We have Cameron Jones, Lisa Kawamura here to explain why faculty across CSU campuses are going to be going on strike all next week. What do you think about this? Let's talk first news, traffic, weather, and then more of Hometown Radio. If you're just joining us, our focus is on what is going to be happening next week, rain or shine. It looks like the California Faculty Association is going to go on strike. All 23 CSU campuses are affected by this. This is going to be a week-long strike. We've got Cameron Jones, Lisa Kawamura in the booth explaining what is going on. If you want to join us, please do. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. On the Stolberg text line question, what about faculty workload 
Has it increased without compensation? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the history of the CSU, um, there was a, uh, when the CSU, near, near the time of the CSU founding, there was a document, a kind of a memorandum of understanding between um, the faculty and the um, uh, management about course caps, right? And if you look at this document, it's not binding, which is unfortunate for us. Uh, the course caps that are proposed in there are well below the course caps that we're, we're facing now. Um, I, I, as a lecturer, regularly have 200 students a quarter. Um, and How many classes is that? Uh, three to four, depending on how it, it's broken up. But yeah, so... Um, right. uh, Take quite, some calls. We uh, start with uh, Jack in San Luis. Hey, Jack. Dave, to your guests, I would like to ask, what does Governor Newsom's have to say about this whole deal? Has the governor commented? Uh, as not, not as of yet. Um, we're really hoping, actually, that he'll step in um, and help alleviate the situation. I mean, ultimately, the buck stops at the, the governor's office. Um, but we haven't heard anything. He's been completely silent on the issue. And uh, for somebody who wants to raise his national profile, it seems um, kind of uh, incongruent that he wouldn't comment on one of the major labor issues in his government. What do you think, Jack? Well, it's not it's not surprising that he wouldn't comment on a major labor issue. He has to take a stand on something, so that doesn't surprise me at all. But it seems to me that as long as you don't have Governor Nuisance behind you and out there beating the drum for you, I think you guys probably got a really rel relatively tough tough uh, sled ahead of you. So good luck. Jack, Thank thanks you. for the call. Is that how you see it? Is this going to be a rough fight, tough fight? It shouldn't be. They've got the money. We're asking for a bunch of stuff that's not money, too. Uh, I mean, part of it is we're, we're entering kind of unknown territory, right? In the past, we've been able to avert these strikes multiple times. And so, honestly, I don't know exactly how it's going to go. But, uh, you know, it's, it's hard work planning a strike. So we've been doing a lot of work already. Mark's in San Luis. Hi, Mark. Hi, um, Hi. The New York Times had an article about one of the major cost and damage to colleges right now is administrative overhead has grown by 30%. When uh, the president of Cal Poly came aboard, I think he hired like 31 new management positions in, in the college. So, you know, and, and then you look at, you know, he's making half a million dollars. The chancellor's making, it's not the, it's not the salaries. It's what it's going to cost to pay when they retire. And then you have, then you, you could have three generational people at the same time. And you, you're literally for just a few people paying out tens of millions of dollars in this elite management group of uh, people. And, and so it, it's, I, I was appalled that when I found out what the, the beginning uh, teacher at Cal Poly was was making it, it just seems to me it's it's a wrong priority. They they could cut the administration by thirty percent and maybe put the money in the teaching staff, which is really has really made the difference and made Cal Poly what it is today. I'm, I went to Cal Poly, very proud of that school. All right, let's hear from our guests. Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, uh, my understanding is under President Baker in the nineties. Uh, there were three vice presidents. There are now nine vice presidents of Cal Poly. And uh, we've seen uh, all sorts of, of, of um, not just at the highest levels, but also uh, at the level of the dean's office and the different colleges. We've seen um, um, many more uh, uh, deans being hired for various things. Things that really before staff handled, 
Um, and what happens is they hire more administrators, and then that actually creates more work for staff. And so you have yeah. to it's a it's, it's a feedback loop. What else, Mark? Well, I just think the way the current government's going in California, I, I don't think the people that need to be compensated are going to be. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. That's very nice of you to call in, Mark. I'm Dave Congleton. I'm the vice president of talk radio at Cal Poly. <laughs> 805-543-8830. Well, I might as well be a vice president. Why not? 800-549-5832. We go to Alan in San Luis. Hi, Alan. So that makes me vice president you, of science. Yeah, okay. I'll point you because I'm <laughs> vice president of talk radio. That's right. So my question, guys, is are the, uh, is the faculty, the, the compensation the same for all 23 campuses, or are there some campuses that pay better? Oh, good question. Not really. I mean, it, I know that some of the... The campuses that are in the um, urban areas get paid a little bit more than those of us in rural areas because they think the cost of living is not comparable. But, you know, here in San Luis Obispo, we are just as expensive as in the Bay Area or L.A. Um, but uh, salaries are determined campus by campus, college by college. And I think that's backwards. We are worse off because we have less housing opportunities, so we have the, the housing issues. I remember years ago they had talked about putting in some faculty housing, say, off of uh, Highway 1 um, they did. near Highland. They, built, they yeah. built a whole development. They did. Yeah. And we still need more, it sounds like, in order to help faculty be able to pay, maybe putting even some on-campus apartments for faculty. And I think that would be something the union should push for, is getting more housing available, even if it's on campus, just to make it easier for the faculty to live here. Is that on your list? You want faculty housing? I know that um, that is something that we've been working with in the original, you know, in overall bargaining. But since this, we're, we're limited to only four things, salary, workload, health and safety, and parental leave. That's not one of the reopeners we can talk about now. Alan, thank you. We go to Bob in San Luis. Hi, Bob. Uh, my first question, is the pay determined college by college? Yes. Or is it the same across the board? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, a mem- I'm in the College of Liberal Arts. We're the lowest paid uh, as the people who do, uh, you know, I'm a history professor, English, psychology, other majors. Um, for example, my colleague over at uh, in, in computer science makes twice as much as I do, which actually isn't that big of a deal. We, we understand that between disciplines, there's different pay depending upon you know the market outside of, of academia. That actually isn't really a point of contention between the rest of us, but you know it, it, it is different between different colleges. Bob. Yeah, that, that's good, because I remember in the 80s when they absolutely could not hire a computer science professor, and I was taught Fortran by a guy from Taiwan who just could not communicate in English. We were all going to fail the standardized test. We knew it. Um, we went to the um, department head and said, this is ridiculous. We're straight-A students. We're going to fail. And uh, he was replaced by a graduate assistant, she was fantastic, and uh, I got an A in the class. I think most of the other people did as well. And at that time, they proposed um, paying uh, computer science professors more, but I believe it was even across the board back then. And the liberal arts faculty absolutely had a fit 
you know, we're just as valuable as they are. So as long as they're pursuing market-based pay, it, it should be, you know, like the private industry or even, you know, uh, other government agencies where you hire a civil engineer, you know, they're going to make more than the recreation coordinator. Yeah. Cameron, what do you say? I, I mean, fundamentally... I would say I think I'm just as important like Peter Science, but I do understand uh, the the difference in pay and uh, and and being able to attract different people. Don't even mention the football coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thanks, Bob. Eight zero five five four three eight eight three zero eight hundred five four nine five eight three two. As we have Cal Poly faculty members in the studio explaining why CSU faculty across the state are going to be going on strike all next week. Jim is in Los Osos. Hi, Jim. How are you guys? Good. So I even don't even know where to begin, but uh, one of my pet uh, projects when I was on the statewide academic senate was trying to address SUG, state university grants. So in uh, 1992, the legislature fully funded state university grants, and then they stopped, and they have not increased any money for that program since 1992. I don't know why people don't still talk about that. And, uh, you know, speaking of salaries, I started in 1981. All my colleagues that, I'm mechanical engineering, all my colleagues that left Santa Barbara, they made twice my salary, exactly twice my salary on average. So pay's always been bad, but things like SUGS, Moving to Division One sports as the stupidest thing I can think of. And then, of course, the bloat that you've been talking about for uh, administrators. I'll give you an example. I came here 81. There was 4,700 engineering students. We had one dean, one uh, associate for the dean, a half-time dean, half-time associate for the dean, and six work-study students for 4,700 students. Now we got 5,800 students, and I can't even count on uh, two hands and two feet how many administrators are there now. It's obscene. Hmm. Thanks, Jim. Are you going to be out on the line with us? No, you know, I'm more concerned about my students than I am about this. And, um, you know, it's a quarter system. If I lose one week of thermodynamics, we'll never catch up. And I just don't think that's fair to the students. So you're not going to honor the picket line? No, I am not. Hmm. came here for students. I didn't come here for myself. Do you, do you anticipate that to be the main reaction, Lisa? The main reaction, no. I think a lot of our... Uh, faculty understand it a little bit differently that there needs to be an impact in order for the chancellor to understand that this is a problem yeah. you know it's like parenting if you keep allowing your kid to get away with bad behavior they're going to continue to do it all right uh, jim thanks for the call on the stolberg text line mike checks in hey mike uh blame bureaucratic and administrative grifting taxpayers have had enough cameron take that one uh yeah it was actually uh, interesting we got uh um notice to make sure that we mark ourselves absent um, because we aren't teaching, which is fair. Um, but uh, 
they aren't doing anything to reimburse the students or the state for the lost classes. And so, I, you know, it, 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 I, this is, these are state funds, and we understand that they're really important. Um, and people, that's people's hard, hard-earned money. Um, but, you know, ultimately, should those funds go towards higher administrative pay or should they go towards better and more instruction? So you're not going to be paid for next week? No. No. And you're willing to sacrifice that? Absolutely, because yeah. the gain is way better. And, and, and I must say on the student question, I think in the long term, we're benefiting our students uh, more by having a more stable CSU and having, um, you know, enough professors to teach in those key areas. If we don't get this, this strike, if we don't get, you know, uh, what we're asking for, then in the long run, uh, the CSU has become weaker and it's become um, less useful to the citizens of California. Well, if you give in now, you're just going to send the signal to the chancellor that they can walk all over you. Yes. And so um, I, you know, I do understand what Jim was saying, but it's a little frustrating because I think it's too short sighted. I think long term, we need to be thinking about the stability of the system. All right. We'll come back for a final segment with my guests as we preview the big strike coming up next week. It's been called Monday through Friday. Faculty at uh, CSU campuses across the state going on strike. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. We have a conversation with the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, for you after news at the top of the hour. If you want in on this conversation with our faculty guests, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Cameron Jones, Lisa Kawamura on this broadcast from the California Faculty Association, the local chapter, explaining why all the CSU faculty, except for Jim, are going to go on strike next week. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, uh, say you're able to cut administration like you're talking about. How much would that contribute towards the raises that you're asking for? We're not asking, uh, we're not asking for administration to be cut, but we're just asking them to use the money that they have to pay their faculty a working wage and to meet our other non-monetary demands. All right, here's Kim and San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Kim. Hi. Hi. I just want to make a comment. I think one of the things uh, CFA is striking for is... Uh, lactation rooms on campus and i just want to make the comment that i think we have one at cal poly i didn't even know where it was at the time i needed it and it would have been so far from where i needed to be it's it was absolutely useless um so i just wanted to say thank you for bargaining for lactation rooms that is something that people don't think about and it's you know you can't hoof it all the way across campus when you need to be, you know, pumping, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. I, I get you the point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kim, thank you very much for that call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kim. That's definitely something that not only benefits the professors, but any of the people on, in our campus community, students, staff, other workers, even visitors to our campus. All right, Kim, thank you. Uh, we have Tad in Morro Bay. Hi, Tad. Hey, Dave. Hi, Tad. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Cameron. Hi. Hey, Tad. Hi, Tad. Hey, full disclosure, I'm I'm uh, on the executive board with, uh, with Lisa and Cameron, but I just wanted to follow up on the previous caller. Um, a lot of the proposals, as Lisa pointed out, don't really represent a great dollar amount, but have, have a great deal of meaning 
and uh, job um, workplace improvement uh, for faculty across all 23 campuses, um, like the lactation rooms, like gender-inclusive restrooms, like having a union representative if you are questioned by the police on campus. A lot of these proposals, I think, don't... um, aren't always necessarily viewed as essential at our particular campus because um, we are less diverse than almost every other campus in the state. So I think those are really important proposals to uh, to keep in mind. And yes, of course, we want better pay so we can afford to live in this area and, and afford to uh, not drive uh, a car with 300,000 miles on it and wondering how you'll buy another one when it breaks down, for instance. Yeah. It's my situation. All right. Who can comment? Thanks, Dave. All right, Tad, thanks for the call. Who wants to respond? Thanks, Tad. Uh, you know, you and I have been at it for about the same amount of time. Um, at, at Cal Poly, you've been a part-timer and I've been a full-timer, but, you know, that is a really difficult situation that, you know, the people that are teaching a majority of our classes are having a hard time and, you know, wondering if they're going to be able to commute to school anymore. John is with us in Aurora Grande. Hi, John. Good after, or good evening. Hey, uh, I've been listening and I've got a quick question because I feel like there's a big disconnect here. All right. Um, Lisa said, I think it was Lisa said, there's the cost for funding this thing is roughly $380 million, and yet they've got 200 or $2.5 billion just on hand and another 6 or $7 billion just floating and being played in the stock market. And the real question is, is now why are you also asking for 35% on the students? I went to Cal Poly back in the 90s, and, you know, it was a great place, great education, but you got to be fair. This is this is kind of ridiculous. What's ridiculous? What, 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 what's ridiculous? Um, well, the fact that there's a, this is only going to cost $380 million to pay these professors, and you've got two and a half billion dollars yeah, okay just sit, literally sitting there um in ha- cash on hand and another six on billion and you you want to also further burden the students i remember being very poor as a cal poly student trying to pay for this myself and it's just not fair when what lisa i think said is the original charge of the of uh, the CSU is to get the people in our own backyard educated. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, yes, certainly, and I think raising tuition um, as well as holding all this money is counterproductive to the goal of the CSU system. And if you actually look, if you know, you could you could compare job performance, and I, I'm not going to judge necessarily the administration, but if you look at the CSU as a whole and look at graduation rates over the last ten years, they've increased quite a bit graduation rates. So the faculty's been able to get more students graduated and get them out there into the workforce. All right, John, thank you. We got a Sean in San Luis. Hi, Sean. Hi, Dave. Hi, Sean. Just for raising an eyebrow, and I appreciate your guests and appreciate the conversation because I do think it's very important. 
Let's talk about the tens of thousands of dollars of fireworks that were exploded in Cal Poly's backyard this year, more than I've ever seen in the 27 years I've lived in San Luis Obispo. That money could have been used towards doing something better than blowing up fireworks. We can't even have a 4th of July uh, performance for San Luis Obispo, yet Cal Poly had a homecoming and a week of wow fireworks spectacular that almost matched what Pismo Beach has. Have we talked about this? Okay, I'm done. Thank you. All right, Sean, thank you. I don't know anything about this. Cal Poly does fireworks. I, I don't remember that, although they did uh, recently replace the football field. Uh, so, um, mm. Well, here's, here's something on the Stolberg line. Now, a different point of view. Bravo for Jim, who called in, who said he wasn't going to honor the strike because of his class. He realizes that his students are his primary focus. Uh, like uh, those in the private sector, if you don't feel you're being compensated justly, just go get another job. So you should get the hell out of here. Go teach in Oklahoma. They'll pay you all the money you want. I mean, that's one way of looking at it, although that would not be very... Like I said, in the long term, this is for the students of the state of California. If we all leave to go get a job in Oklahoma, who's going to teach them here? So I think think that type of thinking is is what's gotten us in this position, is that in the short term, um, yeah, it's going to have an effect on my students. But in the long term, we're here. I'm from San Luis Obispo. I'm from this town. I'm here to help this town to grow right. and, to, to, and to be a better place. So, Lisa, as we wrap things up, what's the call to action? What do you want our listeners to do? I'd like you to come out and rally with us Monday uh, through Friday next week. Monday we'll have a rally on campus uh, during during the lunch hour. So at noon we're going to have a rally uh, close to O'Neill Lawn. And on Tuesday... Oh, I'm sorry, where is that? O'Neill oh, sorry, Lawn. O'Neill Lawn. It's uh, on the other side of the business building off California. And between California and the business building. Yeah, between yeah. California and the business building. Ask the woman at the toll booth when you pay to park. No one She'll at the toll booth. There. There's no more no people at the toll booth. booth. Really? There's no toll booth down there, yeah. Yeah. Really? You can ask us. We'll be at the picket lines. All right. Uh, final thoughts, Cameron? Um, ultimately, I, you know, this is obviously for the benefit of uh, workers here at Cal Poly. Um, but I think ultimately, as, as I've said multiple times, it's going to benefit students. All right. Lisa? Yeah, it's going to benefit students. I mean, really, we are focusing not just on what we bring to the system, but why we bring it and for the students. All right, folks, thank you. Good luck. Keep us posted. By the way, the pet of the week was not the dog up in Pastor Robles. So this dog is still looking for a home. Back on the other side with San Luis Municipal Mayor Erica Stewart. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.